Pickled Life, brought to you by Pickled Holler. <laughs> um, this is our first trial run at, at our new podcast, The Pickled Life. Um, I'm sitting here with the lovely Jessica Williams. Hello. <laughs> My name is Matthew Williams, and the two of us make up a, a, a local band, Pickled Holler, um, out of Athens. Um, our goal with the podcast is, you know, we're, we're going to have guests on. Um, our focus is going to be on couples and music. So we're going to be interviewing people who, you know, couples who actually play music together, as well as, you know, couples who are involved, you know, in, in a marriage or a, a relationship with a musician where one of them may not. Or even if it's just the industry in itself, a creative side to it. Go. So in, I know we've got um, some friends who are photographers or graphic designers that um, work with musicians a lot, and they have spouses as well, so they know what it's like to kind of... So hopefully it'll be entertaining in the sense that you, you'll get an insight <clears throat> as, as to, you know, if you're not involved in the music industry, you know, what goes on, what, all the stuff we deal with, all the gas stations and, and truck stops <laughs> and sound man. Beef jerky farts. <laughs> Beef jerky farts. That, that's a huge one. Um, but you'll also get, you know, you'll get to hear about, you know, how couples maintain their relationship through, through you know, work and, and through everyday life as well. So Dynamics of a relationship as well as music. Yeah. And we're going to have a good time with it. Um, we've got some good friends uh, that we look to interview. So we've got some exciting ideas that we'll be announcing hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, until then, we've got each other. Just yep. the two of us Just here today. Just the two of us. So we're gonna have fun. We're sitting in our living room drinking. Jay's the coffee drinker. I'm the tea drinker. And yeah. our pets are actually destroying the mic cables and the headphone cables as we're trying to talk. So if you hear us disappear or one of us fall down, it's because the kitty cat drug us down by the headphones. <laughs> Random yelling at things in the background, pitter pattering across the wooden floors. <laughs> There will so, be lots of noises. <laughs> lots of noises. Lots of noises. Um, so Merry Christmas, Jay. Merry Christmas, Matthew. I'm, I'm very excited about Christmas this year. Me too. We, uh, we don't really have big plans. We have plans to see friends and family, which is, you know, that's what the holidays are for. Yeah. I, but I think we're, we're just going to take this particular Christmas and spend it at home, which usually we're traveling somewhere and spending time away, but... We're going to do sort of a staycation. Staycation. Staycation all I ever want. We, uh... Staycation. We, uh... I had a thought there. I was going somewhere with that. Oh, yeah? Um, we actually decorated last week, so we, we do have a lovely tree. Mm -hmm. Um, the house is, is somewhat put together. We... <laughs> We, Jay and I are in and out of this house a lot. You know, we, we do a lot of traveling um, these days. We, we work, um, you know, 8 to 5 during the week, and then mm -hmm. when we hit the road, we do it on the weekend. So there's, there's not a lot of time spent sort of maintaining the home, I guess is the way yeah, to say it. But yeah. it, it feels pretty cozy in here. Christmas always helps when you get to put up the little Santa Claus with the banjo and all the little decorations that we have around the house. All the fire endangering objects of christmas tree lights and yes there's there's the kitty is staring at an ornament like fires in the going fireplace <laughs> so what what i'd like to do jay if, if you would let me All is right. you know just hone in my interviewing skills I've, I've got a couple questions for you 
All right. Yeah? Okay. You down with that? Yeah, I think so. so but could get deep, though, right? Could get deep. Could get dark and could scary. Get, could get dark and scary. Okay. But that's what we're here for. Yeah. We're here to scare people. <laughs> In a good way. In a very good way. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, um, you know, Jay plays bass. And Pickled Holler, she plays an upright bass, but she's, she's not, you know, you, you don't just play Fairly bass. Fairly new to it, yeah. So I, I, would, I would like to, you know, ask you about where, you know, where are your beginnings in music? Like, when, when did you first sort of embrace music in your life and take it on? And, you know, was it instrumentally? Was it, you know, vocally? Like, can you sort of give me an insight as, as to how you found music and, and sort of first clung on to it? All right. Um, <coughs> clung on. Clung, cl- cling on. Cling. <laughs> Good job. Good job pooping. Where's your pooping? I, I guess I'd have to take it, if I'm taking it way back, <coughs> way back to the beginning of time. Um, I mean, I guess I enjoyed musicals watching television annie was a popular one yeah that was a big one in my household yeah it was singing in the rain regret kids you know (laughs) singing i you know about hard knock life and i I would sing along with it and um and so i guess i just sort of developed a pitch to matching so so did that always come sort of easy for you or did you have horrible pitch when you first started singing i don't i don't (laughs) really remember so i guess i would say that it it came naturally i suppose but you know my mother had a piano in the house so there was every now and then she'd go over and play a little something on it and my grandmother was um she would sing uh lead the congregation in in church, uh, we were church of, I was a church, grew up church of God. And so she'd get up in front of a crowd of about 20 people on it's a Sunday small church. morning. Very small church and a very Any snake handling going on. No, there? Not, not, not that I'd recall. I don't probably wasn't there those, those particular Sundays, but it, it was very evangelistic speaking in tongues. So the, the hallelujah, the amen would hit you at the right time. Did but, they have the the people that like would run? Oh have yeah, you seen absolutely. Those, like, they would run Jumping up, and down up on and the and holler. oh yeah, we they'd jump up on the pews that and scream so and shout. I, I went to a very contemporary. You know, you sit down, you mm-hmm. wear a tie. You yeah. know, you don't talk. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? as I got older, I you know went to those churches. I got to see the difference. Yeah. And I enjoyed the theatrics of it. To me, it was theatrical. You know, I just I was young. I was a kid, so it, you know, the thought of you know baby Jesus and was all Christmas and you know fun and lore. So it it didn't really have a moral. I didn't have that moral understanding that it was a you know, you go to church to save yourself. So it was all theatrics to me. I enjoyed watching these people like act show. crazy. Yeah. I mean, these people were nuts. I could barely contain myself in, in like a contemporary church. I would have lost my mind as a kid. I would have <coughs> been in hog heaven, essentially. In a and, contemporary church? So like well, the like, sit down yeah, type. Like Kirk rural. Frazier is one of my best friends. And Kirk mm-hmm. and I grew up in the in the First Baptist Church in America's Georgia. Yeah. And we would go there every Sunday with our parents and they would dress us up in, in white 
white shirts and ties and yeah you know we would have to sit there oh, and well. nothing happens in those trips like it's very plain and boring but yeah. kirk and i would focus on whatever would derail the service <laughs> we were like hoping for that moment like if the if the preacher would stumble on his words and accidentally oh you know, well yeah of course yeah mispronounce something it would blow our minds and we would just start laughing at the top yeah. of our lungs so i can't imagine what it would be like Growing going to a church lungs. where there's a guy next to you like jumping up and down oh and, it would get oh, crazy i mean yeah they'd they'd take their the the men in the church would take their jackets <laughs> off and swing them around yeah. and and most of the time I was laying down on the pew trying to take some sort of nap, That's, but <laughs> chewing nice. big red bubble gum, you know, just trying to get through the morning to get to lunch. But, um, <clears throat> but it, there, there was a lot of hooting and shouting. And so very early on, I had that excited feeling when things would get heated and it, it usually started with music. My my aunt Bertha um, would play piano, and my grandmother was up. We called her Momo. Um, her name was Helen Shepherd, and um, she would get up, you know, in front of the audience or the congregation, very small congregation, and she'd say, "Turn to page ninety-two, which was my personal favorite hymn, which is just a little talk with Jesus," and. Um, <clears throat> So it would start off, you know, she comes in with the intro on the piano and everybody starts singing. And then somebody in the audience would go, amen, hallelujah. You know, you could start to see them change. Their their, uh, body would start rocking or they'd start clapping their knee or something. And then before you know it, the whole church is up on their feet dancing and shouting and hooting and hollering. And I... I vaguely remember seeing my grandmother actually get up in a pew and going, what is she doing? And <laughs> like, I remember, I would remember watch, watching her speak in tongues. And I can't, I can't do it. Could not do it to save my life because I, I could understand it. I could understand the feeling that was coming from it. Sure. But I always thought it was a language. And, and, and it is a language. It's an internal... With no bounds. With no bounds. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like what Rashad Eggleston, probably how he started his language. Yeah. Like it was just gibberish. Fraubus Fraxen and Norris Naxon. Barum Jerum and Harum Scarum. But then it turned into something that he understood and it makes sense and it has a feeling. This is a detour. Schnell gossip of Monto still. Thank you, Nom so be. I can speak it spontaneously too. Like a spigulant spigot that got left open by a sporting diggity manstrokes. <laughs> so I, I would say that's how I got interested in music was watching it kind of unfold in that church setting So in the church you know you would would you participate like were you in the choir like we didn't have a choir the whole it was so it was just okay it was a very small church yeah everyone had a hymnal and you sang and everybody sang yeah but everybody knew how to sing like you could hear all the the men in the in the congregation would sing that no lotus have a little talk with jesus lotus and and the women knew that there was a higher harmony and so they would they just naturally did it we did shape note singing <clears throat> so tell us a little bit about shape note singing because i'd never really heard i'd heard of it but i'd never been around it until i met you so i mean it's a lot like just reading music um your notes on a scale but 
different notes have um, different shapes on them in shape note singing. So like a diamond is one part. I, I don't know a whole lot about it to speak about it technically other than I just kn saw it and knew what to sing. So I can't really, ex so it, you, it was more of a visual, it's more of a visual a recognition to sing. So is there a staff? There's a staff, There's yes. a staff, so, mm -hmm. so the, like, do you honor the, the staff notes too? So like yeah, if, if yeah. a note is sitting at a C it's it's level, a C, right. It's the and same it's a note. triangle, it's just, a, is it a different pitch or like, I mean, how, what, different tone of that note i guess so yeah i'll have to look that up because uh, I, I, yeah. I i'd love to get you know to more go to a church we'll come back to that maybe that. at a different time yeah. but i it was very early in life and i just remember it being there and it eventually grew was, into just was the whole music. hymnal of shapes or was some of it shapes and some of it just standard notation it seems like I remember we had books that was shape notes, shape notes only, and then um, some books, some of the hymn hymnal books would have both. Yeah, I think I've got one here. We'll have to we'll have to dig we'll, it out. Yeah, we'll have to dig it out and look at it. But anyway, that was we should, a long uh, time ago. We'll we should release like one of our songs written in shape notes <laughs> when we do our series. There you go. Um, but, so tell me like how that you know growing up in the church that that's one way. But like when did you sort of take music on like I, you know when did you join your first chorus or your first band and, and okay tell me a little bit about um <clears throat> well I was in chorus in school elementary school um I did that very early on and enjoyed it and I actually remember um being in the fifth grade and we were auditioning for honors chorus so it was a fifth grade honors chorus and we auditioned with Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mary Had a Little Lamb, Little. So, and my pian uh, music teacher, chorus teacher, Miss Sue Brown, would play on the piano and we'd have to pitch it. So she was basically looking for kids that could match pitch. And um, so I, I got chose, chosen to go to honor chorus in the fifth grade. And I was like, that's a big deal. That's cool. You know, we got to do separate things from the rest of the chorus. So I, I picked up on that early on that you could go and do different things. Get out of school. Yeah. You could yeah. get out of school to <laughs> like we would, and then I would do dance. Um, so she, our chorus teacher was also our dance instructor and we'd do these, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the names of them now. So you're giving yourself up here. Uh -oh. So you're a slacker and pickled holler because you could be <laughs> dancing while you're singing. <laughs> dancing and singing. So I reckon I do a little dancing. That's so. very similar. I think you and I have a similar background in, in the sense of when we mm -hmm. sort of found music. I was always in chorus too. Yeah. So, um, and then I did band in middle school. So what, sixth grade or is that when they started you? Yeah. So what'd you start on? So in the fourth grade, I didn't know anything about band. I didn't yeah. even realize that you could play a clarinet or a flute or saxophone. I've, I'd heard these instruments before, but I didn't make any notation to their sound and what they were. Um, so in the fifth grade, you know, the last few months of school, the band uh, teachers will come around and they'll start telling you what you can expect and what you can choose, um, you know, for your extracurriculars, your chorus or your band. So I remember going to this band thing. I was like, yeah, sure, 
why not? I'll go. And they brought all these shiny instruments. I was like, whoa, you know, I can actually hang on to something and make it music as opposed to just boring old singing. So I was looking for something different to do with music. And I just decided to go with the flute because... I, it was probably influenced on me a little bit. You know, the flute's a very feminine sound. You're yeah. a young lady. It's what comes out. You're like a little snow angel. You're high pitch, you know. <laughs> so, um, so fifth grade? So fifth grade. Or end I, of fifth grade? End of fifth grade, we're testing out instruments. And I go, I'll try the flute. Why not? And I <clears throat> blew on this flute, and it made a sound. And I immediately was doing things that um, some kids had a difficult time ever, ever understanding or, and so that's why they never played a musical instrument. And so that was it. It became the flute right away. I didn't try another instrument. I didn't pick anything else up. I started with the flute and that's where it, that's where I went with it. So, so how long did you play said flute? So I played said flute. Well, I mean, I guess I started, I'm still playing it, but I played all through middle school and then, um, my eighth grade year, I was given an ocarina um, for this song that had an ocarina and part into it. An ocarina is like a little wooden It's a little whistle. Round... Well, this was a little clay whistle. Okay. I don't want to get off topic too much no, here. No, no, this is good to... stuff. Okay, so... We're, we're teaching the, the audience here about different woodwind instruments. <laughs> different instruments. Well, I don't know that an ocarina... It a it's a whistle. It's a, okay. It's a whistle. I don't know if whistles are considered woodwinds. I've never even thought about that. Maybe not. But flutes are, and they're not... Flute is a woodwind, and it, but yeah. it's not a wood... It doesn't well, have any parts. Flutes, anyway. I guess. Yeah, we could... So anyway... We, could, we digress. <laughs> we digress. So this ocarina pops up into my music inventory now. Like, oh, this is a different instrument. Let's um, see but if it makes any But it's very small. It's made, you said it's made of clay, and it has like just little holes that you put your fingers There's over. probably like maybe four or five holes. In the different levels, there are different levels of an ocarina. It's, a, it's almost a, like playing a little tiny crystal hamburger. I don't know the history <laughs> of Yeah, exactly. I don't know the history of it or anything. Other than it's probably Irish, like, yeah, maybe Irish or maybe. Native American or yeah. some. Uh, or Native American is this one of the tunes I was playing. It was called Pueblo. Okay. So, um, and it had an ocarina solo, and I never played the ocarina in the the show. I wanted to so bad, I, but I could not get the ocarina. I could not understand from a flute, which is looks like it has like forty eight keys on it to an ocarina that has only four holes in it, I couldn't get it how this tiny little thing was supposed to make all this noise with only four holes in it. The ocarina is considered to be nearly 12,000 wow. years old, by the That's way. It's uh, ancient in Chinese, <coughs> Chinese. Mesoamerican cultures. So I mean, Interesting. All across the, the world there. It's also known as the sweet potato. Huh. <laughs> a sweet potato? Yep. <laughs> Neither was a reason I loved sweet potatoes so much. <laughs> I think it's around here somewhere. I'll have to find this ocarina. Um, so anyway, I never ended up never playing the ocarina for this solo part. Bummer. I just ended playing it, ended up playing it on the flute and sounded just as good. But so that was a time also that I started learning dynamics because I was learning how to play a solo, but and to make it sound interesting, 
I had to work with my breath, uh, making it loud peaks or and soft. Valleys. Yeah, peaks and valleys, <clears throat> mezzo forte, pianissimo. So I was reading music and understanding that these words and symbols had a had a connection to how you play the music. Whereas playing by ear, it's just a feeling. Yeah, yeah, kind of go with the flow. Yeah, it's it's a go with the flow type thing. But a lot, you know, a lot of musicians overlook dynamics. You know, to me, it's something I have to always remind myself of. Oh, Especially, absolutely. Especially, you know, when you're in in the moment on stage and everything's cool, you want to just be loud. Or okay, and well you for me, to back it's, down yeah. and, and and create those the sort of rises within the tune. You know, as a guitar player, you 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 really got to learn that, or or else your solos are sort of pegged and want, you know just sort of flat. I get and that. Stay it, you know. It's either shred all the time, or like you know, unless you're building it up slowly. It's it's really important, you know. And it's it's. I, I think, I don't think I paid attention to that mm-hmm. at that young age. So yeah. I'm a little jealous that you were picking up on that well, stuff through band. I mean, that's that. Well, that's where it makes it difficult at this point in my life because. I have to focus so hard on remembering the music itself as opposed to just having it on a piece of paper and reading it where I could read everything. I could see 17 things at once. Safety net. Safety net. Def- yeah. I mean, I guess if that's what you want to call it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've got the music in front of you, there's no <laughs> excuse to, have to forget it because you, you could literally sit there and read it. So right, right. It's like if we scripted this. And, and we you talking, have a conductor. You know, I was, I was very much interested in the symphonics and the concert band stuff. Yeah. So I enjoyed having a conductor. Cause so did you continue on like in high school and... I mean, were you in yeah, yeah, symphony? Yeah. And... So, um, so in high, once I got to high school, all of a sudden the piccolo is introduced the because marching is... band is the piccolo is a very tiny flute. High pitched. It's very high pitched. So it's it's like one step below a dog whistle. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a few more, yeah. but it's it's right up there. It is ear trilling. Some people can't stand hearing it's the Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah. That. yeah, so it's that very, very ear. It's that very high pitched soprano so. sound. <clears throat> so, so marching band is now introduced into another musical aspect. So marching band, marching, walking, like and playing and, and music <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's very intense. Not to make light of sleep. Because no, absolutely not. But um, it's. I, I never did marching band, but I had friends that, that they would tell me that they were out in the you know, mm. Georgia sun, nine hundred degrees. <laughs> it is very intense. Like four hours, like with all those clothes on. You're having to. <laughs> you're remembering a formation with other people, so now you're involved. Not only you're per personal self as a musician but now you have to involve other people um around you playing their instruments walking on a field and knowing where to go and remembering complex music and so at least there was no cell phones at the time (laughs) there were no today trying to teach kids while they're staring at their cell phone oh my gosh oh my god it's bad enough just downtown athens people walking on the street well walking in front of cars and walking into each other oh man that's a totally different podcast episode there yeah i've got i've got a lot of complaints we need to come back to that one we'll put a pen in that one (laughs) 
Hey, so flute. So okay, um, so piccolo marching band is introduced in my yeah. life at this point. Um, so freshman year, I wanted to play the piccolo. I wanted to play it so bad because it was another. Well, what step. drove that? I mean, why? Why did you want to play it? Did you because like the sound it was a next it, step. It was another step up. Okay, it so was, no one else was playing. It was it. a right. Yeah. So it was a soft. On at the time, striving to be the best. Striving to be the best. Gotcha. Yes. Exa- okay. Because all right, let me let me back up to middle school and learning to play the flute back on up baby. <laughs> anywho so back when i'm learning to play the flute <clears throat> and we're reading learning to read music um we did we had something called chair competitions every week chair competitions so where everyone chairs? competes and yeah music kind of like musical chairs but the students in the class, so there's a flute section like the of... the game musical chairs? Because, like, that's when you take the chair away. Yeah, yeah. somebody has to sit down and somebody's without a chair. Well, somebody's moved. No, no, nobody's without a chair. Well, musical there's chairs. There's first chair and last chair. Okay, so this is more of a ranking It's system. a ranking, yeah, okay. it's a ranking. Sorry. <clears throat> Play, playing I'm, ignorant I'm, over here. <laughs> I appreciate that. that I was actually sense. first chair and sixth grade. All right, well, back to me, back yeah. to me. <laughs> um... <laughs> <sighs> Us musicians so, <laughs> are all like, we need chairs to prove that we're better than other musicians. If you ain't first, you're last. Uh, Ricky Bobby. So, um, That's so like a chair to prove. There was a competition that was added to it at a very early age. Yes. And I don't know where that drive for me came from. I don't know if there was something going on in my life or if it was because I was really the only kid at home. I, I don't know where that need to compete came from, but I wanted to beat everybody's ass. Like I practiced Yankee Doodle fucking dandy every day and I wanted to play it fast. I wanted to speed through it. And so competition day came around and I nailed it, like played it perfectly, played it fast. And I remember um, this was the first time that that competition thing and jealousy became so this is a like thing. beginnings of puberty and yeah. everyone's starting to kind of turn on each other. Right. <laughs> Not yeah. Like somebody playgrounds has, and roses. Well, and it's, and it's also, you know, where you're trying to strive to be part of something. You're looking to find a connection. Oh, that girl has on some really cool Reeboks. I got to get me a pair just like them, yeah, you know, so I can hang out with them or it's, this is when I started noticing it. So anyway, there's this girl that I'm in school with and her mother was a teacher at the same school. And I happened to be in the same homeroom with her, which was her mother's homeroom. And, um, so after that, and she also played flute. So, that day or the next day after chair competitions had passed and I had gotten first chair, she comes in and she's very nasty. She's like, the only reason you got first chair is because you played it really fast. And I'm thinking, duh. (laughs) (laughs) And it, but she was very crude about it. And I realized that that hurt my feelings. I didn't, couldn't understand why. And from then on out, I was like, well, fuck it. 
I'm going for it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't if I'm, matter. It, if... I'm going to sit here then if that's the way you feel about it. Because to me, playing it fast was the goal, you know, to play it well, play it quickly, you know, and to also not play it quickly. So you have to start from the beginning and work it up. And once you can play it slow, then you play it a little bit faster. And then you play it a little bit faster. And that's, but anyway. Yeah, that's a, that's a standard practice so, method you know for any any musicians you know you have to start slow because if you if you have the expectation that you're all all of a sudden going to play it like you know whoever your favorite guitar player or bass player is right you're not i mean that's just i'm a still fact looking for a favorite bass player by the way oh are you yeah yeah i mean there's there's plenty out there to choose from but you know, we'll, we'll get there too. Yeah. So, okay. So you, you got a hold of the piccolo, so, you, your first chair. I mean, did you keep first chair? Were oh, you no, no, no. I mean, like, early on, it was, people? <laughs> no, early on, there was, um, one person that it was, I was always up against and her name was Holly Phillips and, um, she was good and, you know, and I thought I was good. And so there was always this competition between first and second chair and then, I'm sure there were times where I got down to third or fourth chair and it just killed me. Like, I was like, this cannot happen. I want a, another chance right the I demand a recount. Now. I demand a recount. <laughs> I didn't lose. So, yeah, I mean, it, there, it was competition. So, of course, I, was, I wasn't always on top. And, um, but it gives you something that it's, it's good to have competition. I mean, even in the, the local music scene, you know, there was, there's always other guys doing mm-hmm. what I was doing, yeah. you know, and it, you can, luckily there it was, it was a friendly competition. You know, everyone was but sort of backing that, each other yeah, up, so that's you know, kind but of, at a younger age, I can see where it was a little bit more cutthroat. Yeah. Know, but, and as adults, you kind of grow out of that a little bit. You realize that most, hey, that guy has a family hope, yeah. too. He's trying to feed his kids. Right. You know, I want to promote him and help him out. You know, there's a lot of networking right. that that turns into. You know, if, if you do it right. And I've, and, and there's I've, no doubt in my mind that you know this girl would never feel that way today. Sure, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, but back then, she wanted to take all your pencils and stab <laughs> you in the eyes with them, probably. Right. So anyway, so that's where my early competitive. <laughs> side came out. I wanted to do the next best thing, the next best thing. I wanted to succeed. I wanted to get to the top, wherever the top was. So did was. you master the piccolo? Did you? I did. I, well, I don't know. I can't say that I ever mastered well, yeah, but it, you got but a good I, I got a, I got a good hold of it, but not until my sophomore year because they wouldn't let us that I guess the band directors didn't want us playing it because it is an ear piercing instrument and having somebody not know their ear piercing instrument and they're just, yeah, it can be torture. It can be absolute torture. <clears throat> so he, it was a more of a maturity thing, which I get. So, so anyway, I, I ended up getting my hands on a piccolo my freshman year anyway. And I started practicing. I was like, I'm going to play this thing. I'm gonna, you know, like the conductor, the conductor the- started marching piccolo and, in band, the marching band. Um, so I was like, All right, and there were always two or three, lessons, maybe four piccolos. But by the time I got up to my senior year, there were only two piccolos every week. What kind of, how do those lessons? This is where the next here's competition. How here's how you boss people around. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's it's very technical. Um, we would put a cassette in, you know, of a marching band recording. You know, back in the day when you had a radio and you put a cassette in it and you hit play and record oh, at the man, same I'd time. I had forgotten all about those days. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's how you used to record. You'd put Practice it on. Practice to, to the piece. 
rewind. It's it. got to be a tough gig. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, marching bands, they're not just playing a song for three minutes that's in the same time signature, <laughs> the same well, tempo. Things to me, change so much. To me, the conductor, where you think that, oh my gosh, that's a very stressful job, it's not, it is in a technical sense, like knowing how to move, you can't see what I'm doing right now, but knowing how to move your hands, move your hands to the right, to the right tempo, to the right time, and it was, um... You know, and how to clap your hands the right way and your pronunciation of words, your mark time hut. Like it was all just another technical aspect of what we're doing on the whole. But it was also the easiest job because everybody on the field should already know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're sort of mimicking yeah. what, what should already be coming out. You're, it's another safety net, yeah. you know. So anyway, um, so anyway, I did... Uh, lessons for a long time and it, of course it comes to competition day and I'm up against another flute player how many people wanted to be that did everyone in the band no, or was it just like it was it was your nerds hardcore your music piccolo nerds, nerds. <laughs> yeah your hardcore <laughs> annoying piccolo nerds who <laughs> strive to be the best of the best at... anyway <laughs> again I digress so um so Competition day comes around, and I'm up against um, one guy I know for sure, Mark Scruggs. And is he kind of Earl Scruggs? I don't, I, I don't know. He played. Mark played tuba. Earl played banjo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then I was up against another girl. So the, I guess there were probably four or five of us that were auditioning, but three of us had a really good chance and they only going to pick two, right? Only two. Only two. So my competition is Je another Jessica and she is also a flute player and also the other piccolo player. And I felt like I had it. I just had it, you know, like I've pushed so hard in music all this time. This was my ultimate goal in marching. But like my senior year of high school, this is going to make or break my resume and what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I didn't get it. You didn't get it. I was Did it crush you? heartbroken. Uh. Jessica got it. And she deserved it. She was really good. She had a, everything about her um, conducting was good. So she definitely deserved it and earned it. But I was heartbroken. Yeah. Absolutely heartbroken. And my band director told me, and I don't, today I don't know if this is all a, uh, just to say something to make her feel better because she actually didn't do very good or maybe it was honesty. So I took it as honesty and he told me, um, you're a better leader on the field yeah. with 10 or 12 kids behind you, other well, students behind and there's, you. There's probably truth to that. I mean, cause if you are a solid player and maybe, you know, you're playing with a bunch of people who need to follow a solid player or else it kind of goes to crap. Yeah. He may have needed you up. So, and so I, to the... And you may have been terrible at conducting. Who knows? And I may have been terrible <laughs> at conducting. Who knows? Nobody really knows. <laughs> but anyway... I can say you probably weren't, though. I've seen you on stage, you know, just in the brief time that we've been playing music together, lead, you know, the, the third guy that we have on the gig or, oh, or you know, someone who's never played with you. us before. Thank you. 
So it's well, that, growing good, in and out of those egos. Yeah, it's, it's and, good to get taught that lesson. Yeah. That, hey, you're not always going to be first chair. You're sometimes going to be third Absolutely. or fourth. And that, that gives you the momentum, the drive, you know, to, to, to be better and better your, your right. musical abilities and, and your practice habits. Yeah. So, so I became a badass marching student, you know? So you, I, you did that all through high school? Did, all through did, high school. So my senior year of high school, I'm the only piccolo on the field. Ah, uh, down to one. The <laughs> down to one killed piccolo. off in shame. <laughs> and, um, the others went deaf. And I always <laughs> fought for, you know, more woodwind parts, more frontline woodwind parts. So tell me, one. I do have one question. Yeah. Um, as far as the piccolo goes, like once you transition to piccolo, like while you're on the field, do you go back and forth between a regular flute and a piccolo or do you keep Not the on piccolo? the field. You just keep piccolo the yeah, whole time. Yeah, on the field, it's the piccolo. Um, but I also enjoyed playing my concert flute, yeah. which was symphonic music. So it was two very different things for me it was that army style you know structure yeah it was that very army style structure that i enjoyed actively get in line you maggot (laughs) thank you sir i have another (laughs) so going from that to an eloquent so yeah so sitting down and playing flute that's where you find the emotion tea and cookies yeah tea and cookies so that's, that's one of our themes here the, at the uh, old pickled life. Pickled we're we're life fans here. of tea and cookies. Cookies and tea. Cookies and tea. Tea time. So, oh. um, yeah, so back to... Yeah, that, that's what? good. That's good. So, you know, once high school is over, did that okay. mean, like, you retired? Were you, were you, are you still pursuing piccolo <laughs> and flute? So there are other things going on, sure. of course, yeah, in high school. Yeah, you're growing up. You're an adult now all of a sudden. There's um, drama, loads and loads of drama for a high school girl, Um, or at least there was for me. I don't know how I seem to find drama, but it certainly found me. So I I did, by my senior year, I was so involved with getting away from all the drama that I focused solely on music. Oh, nice. you know, I was playing softball and, you know, having to go to class and pass my French tests and stuff like that, too. But um, during my lunch periods, I would go to the band room. I'd drive to school an extra hour extra early in the morning so I could practice before homeroom. Uh, at the end of the day, I would stay every single day after school and practice. I and think that, you know, relating to that, you know... The, People a lot of times come up to me and say, man, you, you know, how do you do what you do? You know, and like, I think it takes that, yeah. you know, it takes an obsession Yeah, well, to really yeah. get into music and like, you have to put your time in. Yeah, and you do. It doesn't always have to be structured time. It Mm-mm. can just be you sitting and tinkering with a ukulele for hours a day, you know, but that drive, not everyone has. I think people are truly... You know, I've, I've talked to people who said, man, I'm really jealous that, that you, you, that's what you do. Yeah. You know, you choose to focus on that. Yeah. And I think these may be people who are, you know, when they come home, they sit in front of a TV and they sort of feel guilty about yeah, it. You know, yeah, yeah. Really understand what it takes. Right. And so that, that's good that you had that at an early age. And it really does show, you know, if I could be honest about where you are today, it shows when you're learning a song, when I'm presenting new music to you, you pick up on it very quickly, well, and I think I think it's because you 
you've developed those skills that allow your brain to sort of adapt and embrace it and it's not well, this weird thing all the time. I, I appreciate that. That's <clears throat> that's a nice compliment. Thank you. It's nice to hear a little appreciation about all the frustrations <laughs> of doing it. But um, so going back then, after I did it in high school, my senior year, I I ended up picking up clarinet and saxophone and oh, drums wow. and kind of like reaching out to a lot of different band. things. Dick Van Dyke style. Well, and Strap then, them all to your <laughs> okay. shoulders. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there was theater. Uh, you know, you had your senior play. So there's lots of things that are going on. Um, and then graduation comes and then it just all stops. Yeah. It all goes away. And how did that how did that affect you like did you pick it up or did you just let it go um okay so once I graduated high school I ended up taking a year off and I worked two or three jobs okay I wanted to go to college only because I felt like I had to yeah um we were all kind of pushed yeah that way. we were pushed that direction if you want to get anywhere in life you got to go get in debt yeah so <laughs> Suckers, everyone. Suckers. So the idea of debt terrified me. I didn't want debt. I didn't want to be stuck to that. So <coughs> I took a year off and I worked three jobs. And so by the time my first year of college came around, I went to a pretty local college. Um, and then just sort of the conformity of college took over. And, um, you know, working to get through all your classes and make a good grade and keep your scholarships and your money up. doesn't leave else, a lot does of other time. And I, I actually signed up for a band class. Yeah. And I dropped it. Wow. Uh, I dropped could, it. I couldn't, couldn't keep, keep up. up because now all of a sudden somebody's pushing sorority so like life the on me. Dropping the casket in the ground. It pretty much flute. was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I. I always had my flute with me. Like yeah. I would, I took it to college, and every now and then I'd get it out and play some scales or play a piece of music that I enjoyed. But it just became. You weren't really pushing any boundaries. I wasn't, you were just trying to keep up with what you had. I, yeah, life. This is when life started to really yeah. kind of take so over. So how how long did you go? Because I mean, now you're playing the flute again. You know, when when, yeah. when we met, obviously you you embraced music. Yeah, to a whole new level. I'm like, well, th this is where it gets crazy because this is where I, s I have to start. I feel like I have to start f telling about all the the frustrations with it too, especially now that I'm 34 yeah. and I'm having yeah, I mean, to learn music all in a different way. And rainbows, no, it music. isn't. It, it's a lot, a lot of work and a lot of frustration that, yeah. that really pisses you off. Sometimes. Yes. So, um, so you put your flute down. So I put it down for you, about you three years. You went to school. Years. Yeah, went through life. You're an adult now. How many years? I would say about 10, 11 years. 10, 11 years with no flute progression and no real, no real like musical project through that time. No. Or did, uh, were well, you involved in theater, chorus, bands? Um, I was involved in a little bit of theater. Yeah. Um, I tried to do chorus, you know, choir, local community choirs. Um, I ended up, I had a punk rock band for a very short yes. minute. Um, that's, 
so that I was a lead Tell singer. Tell me about that. Band. You yeah, were a lead well, singer? So you weren't playing an instrument. I wasn't you playing just, an instrument. You were just grabbing a mic and going to town. I was just screaming. I was doing this crazy stuff. I, what, you know. what kind of tunes? Like, what kind of, like, was it a cover band? Or? I did. A, we it, Yeah, it was a cover band. Yeah. yeah. We didn't write tunes. None of us were. So what, what, what artists did you guys cover? Um, the Bitter, oh, no, uh, let's see. We did. Jeez, I can't. Blondie. I did a Lady Gaga tune. Uh, so you would just cover the like breeders. kind of random stuff, and but it would it would all be kind of punky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the Gits, L Seven. So all these sort of seventies, eighties punk rock, like feminist type groups as well. And then you know we threw in peppered in some other random stuff too. But how it, long did you do that? Maybe a year. Okay. It was a very short time. It was a so weird time. A handful was, of gigs. Handful of gigs, and it was all theatrics. Did you enjoy that? I did. Like, did was it like, I really whoa, did. Man, man. Was that the first band, like rock band? It really was. In? It really was. There's something addicting about that. Like when, you, especially <laughs> if you get to perform out, you know, mm-hmm. in front of your peers and. and get some sort of decent response like well, all of a sudden you're like man I want to do this forever this you're awesome. getting the um you're getting the what you need as an artist fulfillment the fulfillment the somebody to go man that's cool you yeah. know that you did that and that it doesn't take much of that to really keep you going like no, you can it doesn't. have three months of terrible gigs and after one some guy goes man I really appreciate what you're doing you're yeah. like I can do this for three more years now thank right. you <laughs> I can keep going <laughs> You've Yay. given me fuel. So fans out there who who go to concerts, you know, it's kind of like a, just you know saying something nice to your grandma, giving her a kiss on the cheek. Be yeah. sure to be sure to go up to Show musicians and, and just say something. If you do enjoy it, if you hate it, go up to them and. and you know, maybe give them some critiques. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's not a good yeah, idea. Not, maybe yeah. send them a postcard. But critiquing is a very special type of well that'll be another episode we'll Critiquing, talk about oh creative gosh. criticism this is where i get yelled at for <laughs> my critical criticality where things get dark <laughs> so uh, so i had this little punk rock band for a minute and i would put a wig on and oh wow put on crazy makeup and this was my so it was a show it really it was, was a, show, a show yeah and and i went over the top with it you know we did themes and um, I think for Hall- Valentine's one year, we did this anti-Valentine's thing at the Alley Cat in Carrollton. I remember seeing you guys. I was actually there that day. And this is before Jessica and I ever met. You yeah, know, I no. didn't really even know who you were uh-uh. probably at the time. But I remember I was eating dinner with, you know, with Bella. And, like, we were just having an early dinner. Yeah. And Brian Crotty, the owner of the Alley Cat, was telling, you know, you guys are going to stick around. And yeah, back Bella's then, in a stroller at this point, isn't probably, she? Probably, yeah. yeah. She was, because I mean, what year was that? Do you remember? Was it like 2008? Two, 2008, 2009, yeah, maybe? Yeah, so she may have, you know, she was a toddler, two yeah. or three years old. Yeah. And uh, we were in there eating dinner. I, I remember seeing you come in with, with your outfit. and I, You had, I had like on a that red dress. Red, lacy, 1980s prom now, dress. And did you have like a heart on your I head? Had or my, did you have a heart that you were hanging up? I had, I had made a heart. I remember that. A paper mache pinata. And it was filled with candy, glow sticks, and condoms. <laughs> because, you know. I want to keep you burning like a dog in heat tonight.
First you eat the candy. <laughs> Don't eat the candy, kids. Ugh, that's so, good. So we're at Alley Cat in Carrollton. And this is and a it, this is a normal sounding night for Alley Cat, by the way, for anyone who's never been there. If you, if you like <laughs> glow sticks, candy, and condoms, and punk rock bands, you should go there. It's a fabulous joint. It really is. Well, that's where Alley... We take a yeah. uh, check, Brian, 20 to $20 Well, that's another plug. conversation, <laughs> too, about growing up in Carrollton. And, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, finding your cliques around so town. When, when, and just to give a little brief sort of how, how we met, because, you know, part of this is, is about the couple, is, uh, you know, Jessica, when she went to college, she moved to Carrollton. Mm-hmm. And and I was already there. I, I've been there since 94. I graduated high school there. I went to college there as well. So, you know, I, I think it was probably, what, 2010 before we actually met. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, that that's where we met. Yeah. Was Carrollton. So, um, I show up at Alley Cat, and I've got that. Yeah. That crazy costume get up on and this paper mache pinata. By the way, I was like, check, please. <laughs> Just so you know. Well, you're there my with my daughter your, was with like, family, I'm yeah. like, oh God, if they're going to start sound checking, we got to get the heck out of here. Yeah, it was dinner time and yeah. I looked odd for <laughs> dinner time uh, in Carrollton. So, but not in this oasis. It it was. A, it had like a dark. I wanted like. Did you have like black lipstick on or something? Probably. I, I remember like. I don't even know why I remember that. There's a picture not, of it on the internet somewhere else. You know, I'm not. It's I'll not like the first time a... I'd seen anyone in a getup with me. But I remember like, wow, you know, that, even if their music is terrible, these guys are gonna put on a great show because uh, like there's so much involved here. Yeah. So I mean, but it's it's theatrics. Yeah. So, um, I, I enjoyed doing that, uh, for a little bit and I think, oh, I think once I graduated that year off that I was in high school, uh, from high school to college, I think I tried to join, uh, like the Peachtree City Wind Ensemble. Oh. So that was my one try to venture out. The Peachtree City Wind Ensemble. I think I went to three rehearsals. We travel around each golf course in Peachtree City, and we play for the natives. They pay us to go away. Oh goodness! Sign up today. So I at think the Dunkin' I'll... Donuts on Highway 54. Sorry. Yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> so um, I think I went to two rehearsals and never ended up doing a show. It was with just them. too much. It was going too much on. going on. Yeah, that, I think everyone can relate to that. When you go to college, you have all these good intentions to still be a a, a good kid, and then all of a sudden you're introduced to your life, real and life, your and, and hopes you get, and dreams ripped from you your get taken down the, uh, the old dirty beaten <laughs> alley of don't grow up, shame. kids. Don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. So, so I did the, me, yeah. the, the the punk rock thing, um, and so 10, 11 years 10, fly 10, by, let's and, see, and you do four shows as a punk rock band, and that's about it. Okay. So you do some theater, you do musicals in Carrollton. So I graduated high school in 2001. Not much went on for me musically, other yeah. than little peppering of trying to maintain a creative sanity. Um, and, and at this time I also, I'm in school for art. Okay. So this is when I, I realized that I, oh, I like art. I never like took visual, a, like creating things, or... just anything creating. I never got into so, art in high school. I never took a single art class. Didn't. Yeah. 
I mean, there were things I remember growing up and doing things and gave hand, me. Hand turkey? Hand. Remember making a hand turkey? Oh, yeah, hand turkey. <laughs> a cotton ball <coughs> snowman. Excuse me. So I'm in art classes now. So this is another creative side that's coming out, and I'm enjoying it. But I graduated high school 2001, and I think you and I started seeing each other I started seeing you actually play music I think in maybe summer of 2011 or something like that um I was working in a restaurant and you were the weekly music oh yeah yeah plates on the square plates uncork on the square uncork that, that, that you know I, I'm very thankful that I had that weekly gig but my knees are so glad that I don't have that weekly gig anymore because well, it was like there was 26 I counted them and they were very <laughs> steep like wide wooden steps to get up this place. And this place was a typical Georgia, it, it was a restaurant, you know, but they had music. So in order to make that happen during the day, they had tables and hardwood floors. And at night the band was responsible for bringing a sound system in. Mm -hmm. So I had to load my sound gear up there. But yeah, I remember you working the, the sort of, I don't know what you were, you were waiting I was tables, bartending, bartending yeah. waiting tables. Um, Oh, and there were some other things going on in my life in, in this particular time um, where it was a tough year for me. And I remember you coming up and playing music, and I kept thinking, gosh, you know, this is the first live band I've really seen in a long time, and they're not terrible, you know? They're That's pretty good. That's good for good. us. You got, you got nothing and, to grade us against if it was oh, the first band. <laughs> well, we, we had some... Pretty, it was fun show. I mean, we knew what we were doing, but we, we also knew how to that we wanted to destroy right. what we were doing. So we were a tad bit goofy. And it was goofy, are. entertaining. It was yeah. good. But, it, I mean, there's there are multiple instruments and people playing these instruments, and they're adding harmonies. And it was, it was visually and it was pleasing to me. Thanks. At the time, you know, when things were crazy and I was looking for another that, outlet. <laughs> All you got to do is please your woman. And they'll stick with you. <laughs> so, um, so I met you that, that year in 2011 and I followed you everywhere. I was like, God, he's such a good musician. And I started getting involved and we never talked really about music together. Yeah. I... I was sort of, yeah, I was in a spot where I was like, I was a little done with it, you know, yeah. like I would worked 10 years in the music business and night after night. And a lot of that had sort of been on a decline for the past three years. So yeah. I was, I was really having to fight for gigs and most of my gigs were pretty terrible yeah. as far as like you're stuck in a corner of a bar where no one's paying attention. Oh, so I I wasn't Episode as like, 27, I wasn't as energetic in bars. <laughs> at that time. I was a little jaded and, you know, I'd, I'd sort of built myself into this sort of semi rut. Yeah. You know? It's always, the grind. I always find a way out of another... that, luckily. You know, yeah. you, you have to push yourself. But, you know, a lot of that time, I remember being like, yeah, once I'm done with the show, I don't want to talk about the songs <laughs> or the right. music. <laughs> So I wouldn't have done it like that if it were me. I just did it like that because I had to score the 150 bucks. Or you know, you have all these other influences that sometimes can take over your your artistic intent. Yeah. And yeah. I was a little bummed that those things had taken over, but I had bills to pay, and mm -hmm. it's tough. 
uh, yeah. you know, giving up that artistic freedom. You know, it's just like anything else. Now, right. I'm, now I'm in a yeah. wedding band. You know, it's great money. But there's a piece of that that really rips your fucking yeah. soul out. You're giving up that artistic freedom to, to make things. <clears throat> we we did have fun, though, yeah. at, at plates. And I do remember you sort of. I took a liking to the music. There was not a lot of people in, in, you know, not a knock on Carrollton. I mean, it's just any bar. People were there to drink and socialize. You well, know, like Carrollton is, is one of those of towns. Thing. I guess it, a lot of towns are that way, where they go in and out of musical phases. Yeah, and there's there's no real shows. It's more like, oh, who's playing at the bar tonight right. that I'm already going to? Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. like, And it gives them a reason to go get drunk. Yeah, you know, which would hell. Hey, I mean, it we, makes the customer. It makes, we had a great yeah. time. You yeah, know, we were just kind of. Because you that. always had those, you know, diamonds in the the audience. Yeah, but I remember you being that you diamond, especially. I mean, you know, I obviously fell in love with you, and Aww. but I remember like seeing you watching the band, mm-hmm. and we would play a song, and we would end the song, and no one in in the place would <laughs> get louder at that point. <laughs> you know, like and, they would just keep and, talking, and hooting and, and hollering, and musical stuff. appreciation. Yeah, they, they, I remember that. Because it's uh, hard work. I think that's, um, you know, that's when I stared into your eyes and like I gotta get to know her. <laughs> She's she actually cares. <laughs> she has a soul. She, a soul. <laughs> most of these other women have no soul. This one seems to have one. Let me go converse she with her. She likes what I do. <laughs> and you and I were, you know, both going through divorces at the time mm-hmm. and, and sort of looking for sane. Same we uh, environment for, yeah. <laughs> to be in, and yeah, yeah. So I I followed you pretty intently around. I still do. I still chase you around everywhere. Yeah. But, um, I followed you around to all your shows. I enjoyed what you were doing. I enjoyed everything I was hearing, and it really started to amp me back up a little bit. It, I started uh, having these feelings of that testimony that back in way back when I was a little girl in church and it, and having that uh, feeling of of music and building me up. Music's one of those things too, like the closer you get to it, the more you realize it's not smoking me like okay, like I, that even if it's just a pattern, like I noticed his fingers keep going back to that shape. Yeah. You know, you start picking up he plays that shape a lot. What chord's that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's a G chord. Yeah. Okay, so that song's got you. You know, you start get yeah. you start realizing what's going on there. The closer yeah. you get, and the more you appreciate it, you're like, it's not rocket science. Yeah. You know, well, I can do some of that. It's a focus, and it thing, peps you up yeah. to get involved. You know, I've seen that in a lot of a lot of friends. You know, that started playing after just yeah. being a fan. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean that's what drove yeah. me to play. You know, I was a huge fan of guitar and singing and. It all seems so easy, but yeah. it's not. You know, yeah. it's you really have to put that time in. Mm-hmm. But so you know, after we, we met yeah. and and you you started sort of. I mean, you were very huge in support. Like you were from the get go helping me book shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because that yeah. you talk about jaded. I mean, I was really that was one thing I was sick of. Like I'm just sick of dealing with bar managers and having a call and bug yeah. people it's like you know and so you you basically said i'll do that you focus on your music yeah and you, you instantly became involved in my musical life yeah you know yeah because it was fun i love it it was it, i felt alive again you know it was 
and well, now I can do it. I can push yeah. it and create it. And... Well, it kind of got me out of a funk too, because then I had someone to share it with, yeah, and someone to to coach in certain areas, you yeah. know, and push yeah. in other yeah. areas. And Pushing like, boundaries, yeah. It it really reignited a spark that it kind of burned. I burned myself out on it. You know, and all of a sudden it was fresh again. Yeah. You know, oh, I didn't really have a great. project. Like we were do, still doing, we were still doing the Cowtown thing. It was kind of teetering at the time. but Yeah, you guys um, had lost so, a, a, a couple band members, not lost, but yeah, people had come and gone. And separate ways, yeah. We were, we were kind of doing that, not as intently. So I was, I was focused more, I think, on songwriting at the time. And it, like you helped me sort of oh, get back gosh, into that because yeah. you, know, you wrote a lot of tunes during that time now that I think about it yep yeah and, and still to this day you know mm-hmm. like it's <clears throat> I've, I've very much appreciated that oh well I've, I appreciated you giving me that entertainment so let's let's talk you know before we start making out let's talk about uh <laughs> okay so <laughs> I've, I've got it here so Jessica you know you you become involved you know, in booking, you're obviously great at promoting, you know, everything's going on social media, you're at every show, you're clapping loudest, you're cheering, you're talking to people, pass around tip jar. <laughs> um, at some point, we, we, we started singing together. So let's talk about that. Well, I think it even backs up before that. I think I had started, we'd moved to Athens or were we singing in... I don't think anything started until we moved to Athens. Yeah, when we got out of Carrollton, our life sort of deflated. Like, you know, you, when you're in one place for a long time, you know how your day's going to go. You know when you go to the store who you're going to see. A lot of our negative past yeah, was in Carrollton, and, and we needed we, to leave it there. we got away from that, Athens was... in Athens is a great town, That you know, nothing... Not discounting anything from Athens, but for us, not only was it a great town, it was like all that shit is gone, and yeah. now we're surrounded by what we clean slate, yeah, <clears throat> clean slate. Pot, what we see is positive people. Mm-hmm. We can choose the people who we want in our lives right. here, and yeah. man, it's just like at that point, creativity just starts to boop, boop, boop. Yeah, we did. It we starts started... picking up. I remember pulling my flute out <clears throat> and going, "Hey, I don't. I mean." I know I've been carrying this thing around, but did you know I actually play it? And so I started, um, I wasn't working full time then. So I had days off Yeah. and I was looking for something to do. So I'd pull my flute out and start playing it. I have to it. say too, like when she pulled her flute out, which sounds, <laughs> sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> but, but no, when Jessica got the flute back out and started playing it, she immediately starts like you immediately start going through scales and exercises like you you started warming up yeah yeah you know yes. and and i have to say that it to me it was flawless like you were playing scales just picking up your flute like oh i haven't played this thing in a while and just <laughs> running i mean that kind of tempo like yeah. i'm like whoa okay uh you can play it like that <laughs> So I'm like, let's, you know, I don't, I'm, I get sick of doing all the solos. Let's have a song or something where you come in and you shred it, uh-huh. you know, or a classical piece that but we can you know, play together. But you know, all that was is muscle memory. Sure. It's because that's what I but did every single day. To not and I did do it, it for as way. long as you didn't play. But you know what else I, is, but you know what I lost was 
the memory of music. Yeah. Um, I lost sort of the, the intuition the on where to go. I lost the feeling. So it was almost like I was starting Robotic. over yeah. again, but I was factory default. You know, it's like you oh. already had a good pre-programming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you knew your scales, and and you were sitting down with your classical books and playing mm-hmm. pieces that were very complex pieces. And I was sitting in the other room, going, I could not read that and play it on guitar. Yeah. And I've been playing the ship. You know, this has my been my job. <laughs> like my I'm a job. slacker. It took a job. <laughs> she about took my job. But uh, I think you know at that point. And correct, well, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Like you know, I'm, I came to you and was like, "Let's do something. We gotta, we gotta do something together." You were like, ready let to me push me. Yeah, you were ready to push me, and I, I knew I wanted to be pushed. I just didn't know how or where. You were very adamant on playing classical music. I was intimidated. Music. You didn't want to play contemporary music on your flute. I, I well, yeah, <laughs> but I was also intimidated by your abilities and what you could do. So I held off. I I never really pushed myself hard enough. And I fought it. I fought the anxiety of of doing it. And, oh, I have to start all over again. Oh, I just should probably just get a lesson and then never get a lesson. And so it, it became frustrating, very frustrating right away. But at the same time, I was enjoying it. I was like, this is fun. So we wrote a tune together you wrote it mostly. <laughs> I just kind of shook my head and go, "Oh yeah, I can do." I well, can what, what I was hearing that. was Irish, you know. Yeah. I, I love the Irish flute, you know, mm-hmm. that, that wooden, airy flute. I just, I love it. I love the key of D. I love all the the, <laughs> the stuff that they do, and I wanted to recreate some of that. I, I remember at the time I was listening to a lot of the transatlantic sessions with Jerry oh, Douglas gosh, and Ali Bang so and all these great, you know, Celtic musicians and American mm-hmm. musicians coming together. And I wanted to recreate some of those tones because I heard you doing that stuff on your flute. Now, you weren't necessarily playing traditional Celtic, but some of the songs you played, it had the same little slurs and, oh, yeah. and <clears throat> lockdowns. And, and, yeah, so it... I don't know the technical flute terms, but... you know. <laughs> so had, this is where we started clicking as yep. far as music goes. You knew you could start seeing what I liked just by me doing what I was doing because I was doing it on repetition. Yeah. And then that started sparking I to something pull it in into you. my world. So that's when we wrote Olive's Remorse. Yep. And I re- I did originally write that in D because I want you know I mean that's you know it's a drop D on a guitar and I, I wrote it out. I remember it being very difficult for us though because I had I had come up with and it's just a, a pretty simple fl- like fiddle tune mm-hmm. almost arranged. It has a very syncopated and very fast part but that wasn't a problem for you because you were I was well, hearing you play very fast my problem and I think our problem was I just played it on the guitar and then you, you didn't know how to me tran- to play it yeah you, right. did, you were like what I can't just do it like that so I started I'm having, like you don't have to write it down I had to write it down <laughs> and I'm terrible you know I know my notes uh-huh. rhythm I'm terrible at trying to so I kept it very simple uh-huh. you know eighth notes or whatever those things are and like I wrote the tune out in the key of D yeah and it takes me like all day and well, just like I'm sitting there fighting with it, it takes me all day. And luckily, there's a program that lets you once you're done play it, and you can correct your rhythm if it's all off. Yeah, and, yeah. So I was doing that, and then I give it to Jessica, and it's like, you know, flute is, is 
playing in D's, there's there's a lot of sharps, and you're like, uh, I'm not used to playing all these sharps. <laughs> like, it's a little weird. What is and an the, E sharp? <laughs> the register like was weird, you know, in the pitch for you. So mm-hmm. we ended up actually bumping it up to F, which was you know yeah. one flat and he- hog heaven for a flute oh, yeah. player. Oh, so. And that's a difference, I think, between the strings and the and the woodlands. You know, I mean, we, we so we got very technical right away. Yes. And um, and it was very frustrating right away. Oh my I was so frustrated that I had to write all this. And, like, I was <laughs> and I was frustrated that you were like, just do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we learned that. And, and to be honest, I mean, that's something that we still kind of, we struggle yeah. with that. Because, yeah. you know, part of my background, all of my background, really, I, I did have some, you know, music theory and, and took piano lessons. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> things like that, but the majority of my musical career had been done by ear. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't even I didn't even make myself charts for a long time. I just played it till I got it, and then I knew it. And yeah. So that you were very. I need to see it. I'm like, I ain't got time. I need to, to see it. <laughs> yeah, I need to see it. <clears throat> so um, that, was, that was a good first project for it. We we did it. We I've still got the D version and the F version. Oh yeah, but now today I know it by memory, and we've manipulated it some ways, and have rewritten it, and I can. I've got the muscle memory for it, but I still have to have it written. It's yeah. for new stuff, learning new stuff. We wrote that tune, and then... So then we started singing together. Then you realized that um, I could pitch match. Yeah, and everyone loves harmony, so... Well, and I don't think we were really doing harmonies then, because I've never... We were. It, I mean, it, you it, had to teach me. I would teach you the mel, or like get you to sing the melody, and then I would harmonize with you. Yeah, and yeah. So that's kind, of, and that, that's a good lesson, you know. If you if you're looking to learn how to harmonize, you know, or if, even if you're looking to teach someone how to harmonize, have them be comfortable first. You know, have them <laughs> sing the melody. You know, you're you're singing, how do I say goodbye? Like have uh-huh. them sing that part, and then come up with a harmony to that. And, and then, then what yeah. what'll happen is is they'll start gravitating towards the harmony. So it, it really it gives them the comfortableness of the melody. Mm-hmm. But they still have to figure out how not to go to the other person's note. You yeah. know, so I mean I think I think the mel- trying to learn the harmony first it doesn't give you that comfort zone. So have them do the melody and that's what I did with you. Yeah. And you caught right on. You know, it didn't take you very long at all before you got it and you know, after a year of doing that, you were finding your own harmonies. Trying to, it's, it's still a, it's a still a process. Oh yeah, learn at it. Yeah, you're not gonna get it right every mm-hmm. first try, but you you know. Sometimes you know, it you, sounds like a train wreck. <laughs> massive cat screaming. You caught on very quickly to that. So we, I mean, it was when we <clears throat> started at the house singing. It wasn't long after that when I had you on stage, right? Yeah, you were you were picking out tunes for me to sing um, that I would have never thought about singing. Yeah. To me, I would have just picked was, out Amazing Grace. Yeah. Or, I was bound and determined to to have that you were good at the things that I was good at. You know, <laughs> like the, where I was comfortable that you would shine. You're shaping in that. me. <laughs> well, I just you know I was selfishly 
pulling you into my world. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're compatible in that sense because we do like the same genres and I don't, I'm sure there's lots of disagreements there too. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, we, we gravitate towards the same. I think our favorites are, are pretty much the same these days. We'll yeah. see the. <laughs> we'll see that. We'll see. So then, then along comes the base, and, that, and that's really where we are okay, today. Okay, so so you've been we we did what a year maybe well of harmonizing gigs just you on stage singing, with maybe a flute and one on a flute tunes yeah and the ukulele maybe but the majority singing and then all of a sudden now you're playing bass how how did that happen so um, whose fault is that <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, yours. Uh, I'm you. <laughs> of course. So we had just bought this lovely home in Athens. Um, we're getting settled. You had bought a base, um, just to, to kind of piddle around on for recording or whatever. Um, it was a giant blue base. Giant too. blue base. <laughs> And it was sitting in the corner and it sat there for a few months. And then I ended up losing my job. I got laid off and I was looking for something to do. I was bored. I was at home, um, feeling down about losing my job and feeling unsuccessful. And I just picked up this bass one afternoon and was like, hey, I'm going to learn to do this. So I looked on YouTube and picked out a few things to do. And then Matthew ended up buying me a book, a very elementary bluegrass book. Um, and Taught I'm, you the basics. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm playing along. Bass, here's how to play open notes. I'm playing along with a CD, <clears throat> um, Tom Dooley, you know. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Hang down your head. So very simple, slow things, and it starts it off. And one, two, three, four. So it's just very rudimentary. And I'm picking it up. I'm liking it. It's fun. Um, Matthew's teaching me. Um, Started with a very simple tune. One five, like yeah. boom, boom, yep. boom, boom, boom. Here's what the bass does. Here's what the bass does. <laughs> Here's the what the bass the doesn't five. have. <laughs> doesn't have frets. We started with very like <laughs> traditional old time bass too. So no lock ups. It was just all boom, boom, boom. boom, boom, boom everything boom, was one boom, five. Boom, boom. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's it's redundant, but it's hard <laughs> to do. You know, especially on an upright bass, it's hard to do for a five-minute song or mm -hmm. even a three-minute song and then do it again. You know, it's just, it takes a lot of muscle yeah. to pull a note out of an upright bass. I, I don't know. push-ups, by the way. People who have never played those things, it's not like playing an electric bass. You know, you have to... Well, I don't have anything it to compare and, it to at this point. I've yeah. never played electric bass. I'd never really played. So that was the first stringed instrument, besides maybe a soprano uke that you had. And I wouldn't around. even say I played that. I just was bound and determined to learn a stringed instrument and thought that was the best way to start. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we're rudimentally rudimentally learning bluegrass one five boom 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 boom. And I'm having to do it by ear, or I'm trying to do it by ear, and 
I'm just, mm. I can't. You got to write it down. Yeah, I had to chart know. everything, which is good. You know, I mean, the charting stuff is, is easy for me. It's when I have to write standard notation, it's very difficult. But the charts, you know, you can write a simple base chart, like mm-hmm. G slash, G slash, you know. But I'm, I started doing that, and which was good for you because I, I, I got tired of doing it very quickly and was like, you need to start writing your own charts. <laughs> Here's how you do it, you know. And, I think still to this day, I'm like, I hate me write it. Oh, screw it. I'll just do it real quick. But, oh, please, honey. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good skill to have because if, yeah. if, if you can break down a tune by each beat that happens in that tune, and that's mm-hmm. what you do when you chart. You know, mm-hmm. the first chord's a G. Second chord's a G. You yeah. know, and it, it holds a G the first four, four counts. Yeah. Then it goes to a C. That's how, I mean, just... It breaks music down. Everything mm-hmm. becomes simpler. Okay, now I have a roadmap right. of, of what to play. And I can beat that in my head. And now my fingers know where to go after doing that for six months. They just know. They go there. Yeah. Muscle memory. It's just... We, start, we, we took a very Repetitions. logical... I mean, we, we treated... We started basically. We, we basically yeah. treated you like you were... You were a brand new student, which you were. You'd never even held a bass. Right, right. But because I had music background, I was ready. I was constantly ready to excel. Like, what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? It's so rhythmically different from where you came from, too. Absolutely. That's that's hard because I have, I have rhythm and I have no rhythm at the same time. Well, you just, you gravitate, you know, <laughs> to a melodic, like you're used to singing and you're used to playing a melodic instrument. You know, yeah. the flute is very melodic. It's playing a melody or a harmony. It's not responsible for the, the tempo and the rhythm of the song right. as much as like, say, a bass. Right. Which a bass is, the, it's the kick. It is the floor of the song. It holds down the one. You so know. I'm having to learn to play things that I'm not used to hearing. You're, you're learning to be that magnetic <laughs> pole, that center of yeah. gravity that everything else revolves around. So, it's tough. It's a big, it's a burden. You know, you're the drums of a, of a band, essentially. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, stresses with that one. But you've done a really good job. I mean, it's amazing to me, like, that you can even, like, I personally... I can play an upright bass, mm-hmm. but after four songs, I can't keep a tempo because my hands are cramping <laughs> and everything's <laughs> tightened. And so the fact that you get up, oh, and, I'm glad you recognize yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's good to hear. No, I'm glad. I that's very much tape. appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, the, one of the fantastic things that you know that I admire you for is it wasn't long after you picked up the bass. Till I was like, oh, cool, yeah, you can do this on stage. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got a gig tonight, and we, you're like, what? You know, we he were was gigging. telling us that joke, um, you know, about bass players taking lessons. And by his fourth lesson, he's like, no, man, I got like seven gigs already. He <laughs> <laughs> was telling us that joke. I'm I can't have to remember. Write that one down and come it's back. It's true and tell though. It I mean, you know, especially doghouse upright bass players. There's not many of them out there, and like we played. I don't know if it's, I think maybe the farmer's market or something in Athens, you know, where we had to do like an hour or two and you brought your bass and you played it the second half and it was great. 
And yeah, I, yeah. I think maybe two or three gigs later, people were inviting you to be in their band. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like, please, oh, don't, no, I'm scared. But you, your, your work ethic and, you know, you practiced so much during that time that when we did play the songs, you got it right. And you were reading charts and we had cheap music and, you know, but that's a lot. Yeah. You got it right. And, uh, it doesn't to take in in a very short time. Yeah. Music doesn't have to be complex. You know, it doesn't have to go, you know, in the outer space to be good. Yeah. And especially the type of music we were focusing on at the time, very folk, very old time, you know, three chord songs with lots of good harmony in the verses and the chorus. You, you have know. to trust the process and know that it's, it's, you're gonna, if you keep doing it and you've put focus and attention on it, that it will grow. Yeah. So you, it, you have to trust the process and not get so frustrated that you want to quit. Yeah. Which I often find <clears throat> myself that, battling yeah, with. I do too. Because you've, not only do we have, or we're learning something new, we're learning something new together and we're both working full-time jobs and we have a house and somebody's got to do the dishes. If I'm going to rehearse, who's going to cook dinner? It's, there's so that would, much that to would think be about. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot to, it was a lot to take there's in. There's a lot of stresses that go, go along with being a couple Mm-hmm. who performs or does anything together really I'm, I'm sure business owners are the same way we, you know we're, maybe one day we'll have Seth and Jen you know on here they run hinder shots and you've been warned yeah so it's I'm, I'm sure it's the same way you know if you're trying to help each other at work and yeah just, who's going to take the kids to school who's going to pick them up who's yeah. going to wash the clothes who's going to clean up where the dog yeah may have been a dog somewhere in the house <laughs> and but also recognizing that it takes a lot of appreciation and respect for what somebody else is going through and dealing with and what they're willing to put in uh, yeah I think we've learned that the hard way you know I mean because it, <laughs> it's a process it, it is a process and, and you know it's easy to forget you know where you are in the process yeah. is not where I am in the process you know right. so it's easy to forget how how overwhelming some of that stuff is Mm -hmm. and I I think we've both had to sort of step away at times you know and catch our breath and then come back and rethink you know what we're doing and and that that's always the case I I struggle with that and uh you know I got into flat picking late in my guitar playing life so far you know and and it's something that I really you know I I want to be good at it and I, but I have to really work on it because I had yeah. such a sloppy right hand going yeah. into it. And I'll sit down with a tune, you know, like Red Hair Boy is a good example. I sat down with that song. Yeah, I learned it. I learned it very slow, you know, and I learned it and I played it. For, and you know, an hour later, I'm so frustrated because I can't play it as fast as I want to. <laughs> the best thing I did for myself was put my guitar down. Mm. I put my guitar down and I didn't play Red Hair Boy the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I was just, fuck red-haired boy. so weird <laughs> that you say that I've had that feeling and too. That's... I came back the next morning, and this is the most important part. You can't just say, fuck red-haired boy and never come back to it because you'll never learn that way. Mm-hmm. But I said, fuck red-haired boy, <laughs> and I came back to it the next day, and you were still in bed, and I was just like, I'm going to play. I was like, I just 
dreamt about nailing it. Like, I was so <laughs> mad. Like, I'm going to play Red Air Boy today. And I came in, the first take on it, I played it phenomenally. Like, it was yeah. great. It was like it had all the intricacies that I couldn't do the day before. Yeah. And there's something about stepping away mm-hmm. from the tune. You know, it's you can work yourself up. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have to step away from your bandmates. Oh, yeah. Like, I need to get away from you. I'm yeah. so stressed that it shouldn't be this difficult. Yeah. And the best thing you can do for yourself and for the people around you is... It's hard to do when you live together. Yeah, <laughs> it's to step away. And I think you and I have learned, have had to learn that because, they, like you just said, there's no place to go. Yeah. When I put my guitar down, if I'm frustrated with something that's going on in our rehearsal, and I go into the kitchen, and we're both like, <laughs> what do you want to eat? You know, it's just like, ah, it's another stress. You I don't know? care. And, it's like, and then you like go, oh, fuck it, we'll just watch TV. Well, we're going to watch. Just pick something. You know, <laughs> Whatever, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's tough, being a couple, because you are, you're in each other's face. Yeah. You know, and, and when you do have to take a step away, like, how do you do that? I think... You know, luckily we have a big enough house where we have a back porch and like a room with an <laughs> We've Xbox. We've got rooms with doors. Yeah. <laughs> so we find our place and we go there. Yeah. But um, that's definitely something that that we've learned. Well, let me uh, let me kind of get it back. You know, yeah. to you. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, oh, well, so you know, it's it, just kind of give me your thoughts on you know you've been playing bass now since when did you start? Okay. <clears throat> so that was I think it was. Uh, Somewhere in February 2015. Okay. 2015? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you've been playing bass for two, three years. No, that wouldn't be right, because it's about to be 2018. You haven't been playing bass for, for two years, almost, right? So when did I start? You started oh, in I, February we started performing. Yeah, 16, yeah. yeah. We were just singing together then. Okay. So you were you were playing bass in February 2016. Yes. Yes. And that's when you kind of you started. We may have started gigging you in April or something. Mm-hmm. We were in the farmers market. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. Okay. So to I'll tell me, you know, it. now that it's been, it's almost been two years. It'll be two years in February since yes. you've been playing bass, which is I gotta say. It's pretty darn impressive. If anyone has seen Jessica play the bass, she looks like she's been playing it for a lot longer than a year and a half or two years. So theatrics. <laughs> fake it till you make it, man. You're, fake you're it killing till it, you kid. Make it. No, I mean that in, in earnest. Like Imposter. It's, <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, it's it, and it all goes back to me again. I think to your your history with you put so much in at an early age mm-hmm. that you realize if you just keep doing it, you're gonna figure it out. Trust the process. Yeah, trust yeah. the process. I like that. So tell me, like now that you've been doing this for nearly two years, and we have been gigging. You know, it's not like we've been on the road the whole time, um, but we we've been slowly sort of building it up. Tell me about some of the best shows, some of your favorite nights, some of the best sets that you've played. Like what, 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 what's maybe the one that sticks out, or the couple shows that really stick out as like a driving force to your desire to continue to do what you do. I'll, the pre, the one we just had this past weekend, they uh, strung out like the lights, um, Christmas empty stocking benefit we did for yeah. Dodd Farrell. Um, it was a good time. It was a and good time. And it was time. for a good cause. And a lot of things happened leading up to this. The, um, the holidays, things are going on at work. Uh, 
Um, we'd all been very sick the past couple of weeks. So oh, yeah. there hasn't been a lot of focus on playing the bass or singing or really even talking much. We've become very introverted because we've got bronchitis, walking pneumonia. Yeah, we were, we were pretty bad off. <laughs> yeah, we were exhausted. Um, and, uh, and all of a sudden, the show's here. It's this week. It's this weekend, and we haven't really rehearsed for it. I haven't played my bass in uh, two weeks. Um, and you, you really do have to play every single day for it to become a memory to, to memory, the yeah. muscle memory to get, to keep it going. So I hadn't played in two weeks. I'm anxious about it. Um, feeling sick, but it's a Friday night. It's, you know, it's Christmas time. I'm trying to keep a positive attitude about it. And we practiced maybe two days before the, the show and I couldn't get anything. I felt like I couldn't get anything right. I couldn't keep tempo. I couldn't, I was just feeling like I was going to bomb it. So day of the show, I felt like I'm panicking. Like I'm going to have a panic attack. Like this isn't going to go well. It's, it's all going to crash and burn. And this will be the end of my you know, career and pickled holler. And the it all whole. seems so permanent. <laughs> it does. And you realize there's like 40 people there and no one posts anything on social media. Yeah. The, like, you know, that everybody's just there vomit, to have a good time. It's not going to crush your career well, or anything about you. Well, so when we get there, um, you know. <laughs> but I can in... relate to that. I'm not discounting <laughs> it. I get it. Fair enough. I do the same thing. So we get there and everybody's festive and everybody's in a good mood and I'm trying to still trying to read my crowd. Um, it's a new bar for me or a new place. Um, you know, it's, it's, there are a lot of bands playing this night and everybody has a short transition time. So it's, it's a throw and go type deal. You know, there's a back line. You don't sound check. It's, you don't have time to put focus into it. You know, you're just, you've got to get up, get there, up there and, and do, do it. Thing, yeah. And, um, and that, that's one of the, it's a good example of a scenario that I, I may forget how that feels. Cause I've done it so much, yeah. you know, like it, it can be intense and it yeah. can be like, you have to be able to turn some elements of that off yes. really to, to, to succeed sometimes. Well, because, yeah. Cause you don't know how you're, you're, crowd's going to react. You don't know how the room is going to sound or the mic's going to feed back. Is everything going to work? You know, um, then you're working with a a new sound guy who doesn't know the type of music you play or, so there's a lot of factors to deal with. And, you know, and somebody's actually emceeing this thing. Um, Lisa Mindy. Oh yeah. She was a Seinfeld. Man, she was awesome. Jerry, I can't believe it took you so long to see the baby. I kept saying to Michael, when is Jerry going to see the baby? So we, we got to know her this weekend. Um, I'd like to have her on here one too for a show. That but, would take the level up a bit, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I had some humor to this thing. Yeah. So she's excitement to this seeing to- this tones. benefit and she's doing a great job. She's keeping the audience pumped, you know, trying to keep trying to keep it going, trying to keep it fast paced between the bands to to go. And I'm and I'm 
standing behind her and she's standing right in front of me on stage and I'm thinking, I have to adjust my mic, but I don't want to reach around her and be rude because she's doing her job. And, and so I just stand there. I'm like, well, I'll just see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I haven't sound checked. I haven't spoken into a mic or anything. It was, it was pretty awesome, too, because she was basically telling the crowd that we had met in prison. Oh, like she was, was just making story. up her own story about it, which is, I told her after the show, it was kind of ironic, because when Jessica and I got married, we actually got married in front of the old Athens prison. <laughs> the so Clark like, County Jail. We kind of did meet. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> I didn't think about that until yeah. afterwards. But. So, so finally, we're, we're ready to go. We get some sound things worked out. And we get up there, and we do. We have a great show. I mean, in my opinion, I we pushed boundaries. Uh, we played a new tune that we yeah. I'd really just worked up that evening, and it had a great harmony. And you know, we it was it was good. It yeah. felt good. And it's then, fun. It's funny the little gigs that'll surprise you, and that those yeah. to me are, the, are some of the my favorite. You know, because you can play huge festivals, you know, thousands of people, and still have sort of a meh yeah. time. You know, and some nights you can play for twenty people in the tiniest of yeah. places, or you know, mid-sized club or something, yeah. and just be for ecstatic. For a show that was absolutely determined to be a complete disaster i was you know what though i mean there's balance in the force i was so (laughs) excited about that show because i had been so sick and i like i think i was feeling a lot better than you were that friday when we played so i was ready to get out of the house i was ready to sing again it feels good to sing if you haven't like i was so ready to do it i mean yeah i'm not gonna deny it i was itching to do a little performing but i was dealing also dealing with the anxiety the anxiety of oh gosh I'm not like, I'm not I still prepared don't for feel this. comfortable playing these tunes yeah well you nailed it you so did. and it ended up being a great show in my opinion and yeah it was good and we had a good reception and people were like we got wow, to play in front love... of people that had never heard us before it, yeah it's, it's always good and for... so there's that build up of good job kid keep going yeah, yeah. I can do this for another three it was years. a very kind crowd yes and we were very lucky and, and blessed to be a part of it really so it was it was a situation that remind when you need it the most to remind you it's that it's, sound. it's it's music and you love it and have fun with it. You're just making a sound is yeah. all it is. There's no right sounds or wrong sounds. <laughs> it's just you're making sounds that people are sitting there listening to and vibrating the room with yeah. your sounds. Yes. So I've I've had several shows like that in the past two years. Um, that's a good one. I, I agree with you. That, that was a fun, you know, a, it's, fun, a fun gig. It's hard to remember exactly which ones they were because it's well, more Well, tell of a me a little bit then just about, you know, or tell, I guess, the, the crowd a little bit about how, you know, what are your thoughts on doing, you know, gigging and, and all the process that goes into it? I mean, because there's the booking process. There's, you know, day of the show, like gathering all your gear, loading it into your van, driving two or three hours, getting there for a sound check, there's sound checking, then there's opening bands, there's closing bands, you know, how, to me, that's, you know, it's been my normal life for a long time now. 
Uh-huh. What's it like taking that on for you? Like, what, do you get excited when oh, it's go yeah. time? Or totally like, excited. It, I I love. Is there to a travel. part of that that you just despise, or is there a part that you really love? Obviously, the performance is you know a, a huge deal. I've, talk I would, on that. A I'd bit. have to say the thing. I, I'll go ahead and get it out of the way. The thing I don't like is when I've set my expectations so high, and it turns you know, there ends up being something that bummed me out and I let that kind of bring it all down. That can be tough. Just go ahead and tell yourself every gig's going to be terrible. Every gig's going to be awful. And, and you don't have that problem anymore. Exactly. Um, so that's, I don't, that's, it's anxiety. It, it, and, you have to get broken to get humble in the music industry. You have to fail a lot, you know, and go through because everyone's going to do it. Everyone's going to bomb a show, oh, a song. Yeah. They're going to show up and no one's going to be there. It's going to happen. It's happened to everyone who's Absolutely. successful. I'm getting to you that. It's that nightmare of getting on stage in your underwear. And eventually it humbles you, you know. It's, yeah. Some of that sort of tapers off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... I love the adventure. I love packing our van up, our little RV, RV2D2, and, you know, our mystery tour bus and throwing <laughs> all our gear in there. And I like the haul. I like the physical work Yeah. Um, of getting, of putting it all up. And it's, it's instant gratification. Has it been eye-opening? I mean, you know, I know you, at least since 2011, have at least been a part of that whole process in, in some sort of way. But yeah. I mean, is it, you know, cause a lot of people think it's all just going to the show and rocking out, but there's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of work involved. So I'd say it's two sided. Um, yeah, it's a lot more work that I anticipated, but I knew that some work had to be put into yeah, it. Yeah. You'd seen enough behind the music videos. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. So it's, I knew what I was getting into, but I didn't really know what I was getting into. How so deep the, it could actually go. The travel's got to be like the best part to the, touring, like. In a sense, um, we're kind of stuck, you know, in the southeast right now, yeah, because of you know our day jobs and you know trying to get ahead and make sure that you know we've our family is supportive and and the band. And the band. <laughs> In the band, so and you know, in our marriage too. Yeah, so there are things the we have to focus on other than the travel, because in traveling you have to deal with things like a flat tire and <coughs> you know a broke down van, and a broke down van, and a broke down van again, and a broke down and yet van again. Another time, <laughs> a broke down van. Even after you put a lot of money into it, yeah. it wasn't supposed to break down anymore. So yeah. there's there's definitely stressors. There are those things, but I've I, I think I've always been pretty good at going with the flow, so I can take on those. Oh yeah, you you do great. It's it's me you got to worry about in some of those high stress <laughs> situations. God, everything sucks. Like, so no, yeah, it's cool. It's, we got this. It's it's the stress of having to maintain a temper and making sure well, that it doesn't e- run away. To from me, you, like I had, you know, I've been in lots of bands where you know <clears throat> we we did tour and we did mm-hmm. travel and you know it's very difficult. You know, because personalities will clash. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not married to everyone in your band no. all the time. I mean, with us, it, I think there's a little bit of that is easier mm-hmm. because we have to deal with those same things in our marriage. So yeah. if we're not working on them there, 
we're not it's not we're going to struggle with it in the band but if it's something we that the band forces us to co- confront uh-huh. and you know i think it has forced us to confront a lot of issues if we resolve it then then we've in fact we've improved our marriage because now yeah. when it comes up if there's a flat tire that stresses us out versus if somebody dropped the the song and forgot all the chords yeah we know how to deal with it now we, yeah, we know that we're going to get through and we know it's going to suck. We may get rained on. It may be cold for two or three hours before we figure this shit out. But. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of things. So tell me a little bit, like, cause one of my favorite things about you is, is you have your sense of style. Like I don't have a sense of style. I've, I've basically worn jeans and t-shirts but my I whole life. I love your sense of style. But, I think you have a great sense well, thank of style. You. Well, I'm in, you know, I'm intrigued and it's not just me, you know, you have fans, people that don't even know you for music that follow you on Instagram because of your pictures. You oh. know, I mean, you, you've, you've done like oh, vintage okay. hairstyles and, you know, you, you, you've <laughs> either made or gone out and bought these old dresses and like mm-hmm. you, you have a sense of style. Like what's your favorite thing about that? Like what is, what drives that? Cause I, that's something I personally don't have. Ah, uh, I don't know. Um, is it gratifying to you? Like in the end result of it? It's costume. Yeah. It's... We have to put on a lot of faces to go to work, to be a parent, to do whatever we have to do to get through the day to be around people. But there are things that I enjoy about that, like the vintage hairstyle or the clothes and the furniture or whatever. It's, it takes me back to something I found enjoyable as a kid, certain movies or, and so I now I get to live it. I can go, oh, well, I don't have to be just like everybody else. I can do whatever I want to do. And I can play with it and run with it and be as extravagant or as little as I want to be. And it's, it's fun. It, it's fun. And there's a part of it. I mean, every musician that's, you know, gigging and, and going out and doing it, you know, they, they have some sort of look. Yeah. You know, a lot of people realize that early on. People like me never really get it, I think. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll wear ball cap today. Yeah. You know, but I, I, like, you put so much into that that like, it blows my mind. Like, you'll do your hair the night before <laughs> a gig. And, like, <laughs> it's like a night that we've worked a full day, we've practiced. I'm going to bed, <laughs> and you, you're staying up so you can do your hair. so it's extra curly the next day and there's like that's impressive like that's that's commitment yeah you know to the show and and what what drives that like what is it it's i mean you look great i get that like it's i think everyone agrees like whoa your hair looks fabulous i don't know it's i mean i'm sure some of it's ego a lot of it's ego it's you want to you want to feel good so feeling good is looking good looking good is feeling good it's and there's 
the anxieties with that too, you know, There's, having the need to please. Well, in it may, sense of you know, ego, ego's not always bad. You no. know, I mean, Captain America has a shield, right? You <laughs> yeah. know, when he has a shield, he feels empowered. <laughs> did so you just more compare like, me to Captain America? I kind of did. That's so when you put awesome. your little perm on, is it like having the Captain America shield <laughs> yes. that night? It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. It's a defense mechanism. You're totally like Captain America. <laughs> That's the main reason why I, I married love you. Captain America. Aww. I'm like, oh man, she's like Captain America in a female I wish, body. I wish you guys could see his t-shirt right now. <laughs> it's not Captain America. It's G.I. Joe. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars and G.I. Joe. You do have Captain America house slippers on, though. I do. I do have Captain America house slippers and PJ pants. There's a reason why we didn't video the first take of our podcast. I, well, actually, yeah. Anyway, so... And a who? It's a shield. It's it's. Well, I think people enjoy it though. Like it's more than just a, a personal so. shield. Like people think Captain America's shield is freaking cool because yeah. it looks cool and it does cool <laughs> stuff. So I, I I very much appreciate that side because well, literally I'll show up to every gig with chacos on and you know a t-shirt and blue jeans. If I, <laughs> luckily Je, Jessica leads that part of the band, like she'll make sure. I, we match or like you know we don't I, look too I think off. you're getting better about it like we it seems like recently or maybe it's just because all of our clothes are the same colors yeah we're melding together yeah well I, <laughs> I, I to be honest like that's a side of it i've never really gotten into so it's fun okay you know, like, well that's good that's... i do like looking you know traditional or mm-hmm. like having you know if you look a certain way not completely like I don't need to be dressed up like Snoop Dogg if you're dressed up like Marilyn Monroe. I like themes. Yeah, Yeah. I I like being part of that same thing. Yeah. And I do like dressing up like Snoop Dogg, by the way. Yeah, see, there you go. But (laughs) if you were dressed up like uh, It's Halloween every show if you want it to be. And I love Halloween. So tell me a little bit, and and we're probably running out of time, um, but tell me a little bit about your favorite bands and and the type of music that you gravitate to outside of just you know everything else that's been going on like what music do you love today boy that's a what are you listening to what's in what's in your cd player what's in my cd player (laughs) she doesn't have a cd player Well, actually, it's probably Aerosmith, because I think that was the last thing I was listening to when it died. died. (laughs) So, yeah, what's going on? You're a huge Aerosmith fan. Like, you're a rock music fan. Yeah, and, yeah, I would say I had an early connection to Aerosmith. Middle school, um, I got my first boom box, and the first CD I got was Big Ones. Is that like the greatest hits? Yeah, it's yeah. the greatest. It's loving an elevator. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Pump was a, a huge one for me in 87. I probably found it more in like 89 or 90. But. And then and I think they were, yeah, I'm not sure what else they were doing at, at the time. But, um, but even before Aerosmith, it was, uh, my mom would listen to Motown. Oh, yeah. So Motown was a huge influence. And, and they, Motown, man, musicians back then were. Pump mus- was 89, by the way. It was 89? Yeah. 
Sorry. So I was about seven, seven years old yeah. when Pump Well, came when out. Big Ones came out, it was probably more like 92. All right, yeah. yeah. That, I think Big Ones, well, it may have been even later because that was after Get a Grip, right? It was after, didn't yeah. Big Ones have all like their crying, yeah, yeah. amazing crying. stuff? Yes. So um, I, and my dad listened to, I, I don't not really know, I don't. Well, I think as, like, rural Georgia kids, we were kind of brought up, you All know. All the same stuff. There's only so many radio stations yeah, that you that's pick true. up in Coweta County and Carrollton, Georgia. Like, that's true. You're either, it's either the classic rock station. Wait the, down yonder on the Chattahoochee. The country it station. Or back then it was nice of them, uh, 0.5, the oldies. Oh, yeah. The, the oldies yeah, yeah. station. Fox 97. Fox 97, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, so it was either that stuff country hip-hop or rock like everything was very very much categorized and for me it was the i i love the hip-hop radio like yeah. to me every i hated the classic rock radio although i did like the tunes you know i liked hearing she talks to angels by the black crows or whatever was yeah. going on i don't know if that was necessarily classic rock back then but <clears throat> to me it was the uh the hip-hop stuff but i also enjoyed the oldies yeah you know but what about today? Like what? Who's today? Back to today. Yeah. Who? Who are you listening to? Oh man, I feel like I go through phases where I listen to the same thing over and over and over again, and then sometimes I'll remember something that I liked years ago. Yeah. Um, I'd say I listen to a lot of. Goodness, Sarah Watkins, Sarah Jarose, Efo Donovan, the whole Chris Thiele clan. Chris Thiele clan, yeah, yeah Punch Brothers. Um, that tour was incredible, by the way. We went to the Atlanta show where yeah. it was all of them. Yeah. And like he, you know, he was kind of doing it in a variety sense. Like it, it wasn't just the individual bands. Like they would bring out a couple of random ones from yeah. two different bands, and they would all play. All just remarkable musicians. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And so that, um, I, classical music, I've, I find myself at work trying to find um, classical tunes that I can do work along with. Um, Green Day, for some reason. I You like Green Day? Yeah. I never knew that. The Dookie album? The <laughs> Dookie album. You that don't even like one. the word Dookie. I don't. I hate that word, actually. <laughs> But um, it was a good album. It was. It reminded I me. I hated that record. Really? To me, it, it like, was kind of happy and jokey. So I was, was around though, like when it came out. I was like in high school, and like I saw it as a threat, like to that kind. Of, like they were doing, like simple punky kind of music, but they were selling out with it. To me, I was I like hear so ya. like oh man, it's so poppy. Like it's all over MTV. I hear and, like I was so mad. I thought they were phonies, which they. They've proven, uh, I think they've proven that theory wrong. Like, they've been around, they're a good band. Yeah. And maybe they did sell out and they weren't necessarily all punk, but they've held their longevity, you know, no, yeah. no fault to Green Day. But when, man, when they came out, I was mad about that record. Yeah. I didn't like it. Although all the songs were catchy, you know, you couldn't get them out of your fucking head. When I come around, like, damn it. Yeah. yeah. Three chords. Yep, yep. That was but bad. it's good. I like I so Green Day. Um, and then um, I've been I love big band stuff. Yeah. The stuff Ray Charles oh, did. Oh God! Yeah. 
So I've, I find that type of classical orchestra it's band. Amazing. Yeah, mixed with the R&B stuff, man. And, the, and then you add harmonies on top of it. So I, I like a, a big band sound. So Christmas time is a good time for that. Yeah. Too, so. Nice. That's a good. So in closing, because um, we got to get out of here. Um, we got to go to the grocery yeah, store. We do have to go to the grocery store. Back to our boring lives. Um <laughs> I hope they have some decent fish. Anyway, the uh, the last question I have for you is, you know, what it, what advice do you have to give other musicians first? And then what advice do you have to give to couples out there? So talk a little bit about the first one. Advice? Um... Don't be hard. Don't be too hard on yourself, but hard enough to get it done. That's that's a good one. Um. So don't don't beat yourself up if you can't play it perfectly every time, but practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and don't Keep let trying. it don't let it hold you down. Don't let the the the, the bad moments kind of wreck your day or your life or just. Pick up and keep moving. Oh, that sounds like advice for both of the questions, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it's funny to me how music and and relationships. Mm-hmm. Are, I mean, it's the same thing. You yeah, know. it's a communication. It's. I imagine that there are aliens out there that just communicate. Each other. There's whales. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, perfect. There's there you go. Beings on this earth. That's how they communicate. Yeah. yeah, birds, you know, go outside the morning. That's so true. Yeah, especially you're totally after, right. after, after about six cookies and a cup of coffee, you go out there and you, you hear the birds and they start talking to you. <laughs> they sure will. Um, they sure will. They'll sing a song to you. Sing a song. So that, okay, that would be some advice for couples. Uh, get out in nature uh, yeah. together and listen. Explore. Explore and... Push your boundaries, um, but l- respect and appreciate each other. Um, try to understand. Walk a mile in their shoes, and uh, yeah. That, that's good advice. Very very sound advice. Yeah. It's been a pleasure <laughs> interviewing you. This is the first time I've ever interviewed you. No, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in. I love talking about me. (laughs) I love me. Thank you all for tuning in to Pickled Life. This is sort of the the beta version of what we'll be doing. Um, You can expect more from us. We may do another one of these short... Just the two of us uh, interviews. We'll do it. We'll swing it around, and I'll I'll interview you. All right, <laughs> and then uh, then we'll then we'll start bringing guests on. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoys this. And if you do, please be sure to visit us at pickledholler.com. Um, we'll be playing at Hendershots on January the twenty seventh. Um, do me a favor and get out there and support local music. You know, there's a lot of people grinding trying to find a reason to keep doing it, trying to, to find themselves. So, you know, if you enjoy that kind of thing, go out and see see bands, you know. 
get out of the house. It's like Jessica says, go out into nature and explore. Go find something. Go, go find these people and tell them they're doing a good job. So. Yeah. And um, shoot us some questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah some you topics you want to hear us talk about. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Our, our email is pickledholler at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. You know, we, we enjoy just everything except for spam and viruses and all that and whatnot. Send me spam. If, if you've got any requests or you want to be on the show, let us know, and uh, we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. A Pickled Life, brought to you by Pickled Holler. Y'all have a good evening.